in this week's complaint corner venom let there be carnage green lantern and some other shit this is critically complained hi i'm adam and this is steve and of course the first thing we're going to talk about is the venom let there be carnage trailer uh you know it's really funny that this trailer came out today because for the past like three days I've been uh, reading through Absolute Carnage on Marvel Unlimited, and then just this morning, as I finished that event, I saw that there was a trailer for this movie, and I was like, oh shit, what? Like, that's amazing! So It's nice when things work out. Yeah, it's just, I, I, I like little coincidences like that, you know? So I actually know a little bit more about Carnage now than I used to. Uh, but anyway, uh, so this trailer was... Well, very weird. Do you, do you agree that's weird, Steve? <laughs> I mean, if, yeah, I guess of course it was weird. It's about a man with a booger living inside of him that eats things. Like, I still, like, I'm not a huge fan, of course, of the uh, the first Venom. I only saw it, like, fucking uh, two dozen times or some shit. So, because of my ex, who loved it for, some, mm. for no real reason I can fully articulate. Uh, well. <laughs> cool. Not exactly. It's it's more of like kind of like a sexual thing, uh, which is creepy and weird. Uh, no, hang on. No, you don't get to just roll over that one. Please explain. <laughs> she she shipped Eddie Brock and Venom. She wrote fan fiction. <laughs> she wrote fan fiction of Eddie Brock and Venom. Oh my god! And do you want to know the worst part, Steve? I'm sorry. That's not the worst part. Absolutely, that's not the I worst do. part. That's not the worst part. She wrote. Uh, erotic fan fiction of Eddie Brock and Venom and she had my mom who's an editor edit it <laughs> that, is, that is a real life thing that happened <laughs> oh god <laughs> 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 sorry we're not actually I'm, I'm getting distracted you know, by my little horrible no, hang on. life story um, but you know Adam I gotta tell you I was feeling um I was not feeling great today, but you just pepped me right up. So I'm, <laughs> I'm here for this now. Let's oh, do it. Man. That's hey, that's, that's the best news. I'm happy I could do that for you, Steve. Yeah, that that's a real life thing that happened, <sighs> uh, and man. it's terrifying. And and why is everybody you know just so cool? I, cool is maybe not the word I would choose to use. I would I would maybe go with bizarre or weird. No, man, you know so many unique people. I, I do. I know a lot of unique people. I don't. I don't know what it is, but. But anyway. That's awesome. Well, that's... if I could make a request, I would like Sonic to appear in the next one. No. If you could pass <laughs> that along. I don't even talk to them anymore. I am not. <laughs> right, but, but you know, if it, it comes up, if you okay. could get Sonic in there for me, I, that'd the, be great. The only character that I remember appearing was Craven. Uh, Craven appeared, and the only reason that he did is because. <sighs> Uh, they needed some kind of villain for Venom to fight, you know, in between the so gross, Craven. in between the gross sex sessions, of course. Right. Yep. Uh, yep. 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 And uh, and they decided to go. So with have you Craven. have you read this thing? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yep. Okay. All right. Who was on top? <laughs> oh come on, dude! It was fucking Venom. <laughs> well, I mean, there may, there may be like some, you know, like a fucking role reversal or something. No, Maybe Venom fucking was in Venom actually control. likes it up the butt. I don't know uh no no i mean i think that like because there was a few different drafts that uh that oh that good yeah you don't want to get it wrong <laughs> there's a few different drafts but uh the one that the one that really that i remember is is venom uh just like 
<laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to go into the details. Yeah, you do. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I hate you so much, Steve. Uh, the one I really remember is like Venom, like like lifting uh, Eddie like off of the bed and like fucking <laughs> and just just going to pound town and like because Venom's <laughs> in complete control and he's tentacles and shit. Uh, and just can go wherever he wants. Uh, and since he's connected to, to Eddie, you know, like mentally or whatever, he knows exactly what Eddie yes. wants. He knows what Eddie yes. doesn't even know that he wants. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, so oh, congratulations, God. everyone. I'm glad I ruined your day. Oh. Uh, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's only better. <laughs> Oh God! Okay. I don't even want to do the rest of the show. We can't possibly get better than that. I mean, no. There's that. That's true. There is no way for us to get better than that. But it, oh. we're gonna move on anyway. Ah, I'm lightheaded. Okay, let's go. <laughs> what was the actual news? I forgot. Uh, there was the "Let There Be Carnage" trailer. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> so anyway, I'm very glad. Here? I'm very glad that they gave uh, Cletus Cassidy a haircut for this film because his his fucking wig in at the end of the last movie was god awful and i'm very glad that he doesn't look as silly anymore with his curly like fucking carrot top uh red hair that he had so okay do they bother to cut people's hair before they kill them I executions mean, seem like the kind of thing you don't need to get people hair. i mean unless it's electric chair that makes I, sense to do that i, I was guess. before before we started i was reading some like behind the scenes stuff like andy circus who directed this movie was talking about like some of the creative decisions that they made when they were making it. And uh, one of the things is that it's been like a year and a half since the last movie. So mm. it makes sense that, you know, what's it, that Carnage or not, not Carnage. It makes sense that Cletus would have gotten his mm -hmm. hair cut in a year and a half. It was already ridiculously long the last time we saw him. Sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it's fine. It's fine. I Really all I care about is he doesn't look as ridiculous anymore and I can actually start to take him seriously as a villain. That's the only thing that I personally care about. Well, you're not supposed to take him as a villain. You're supposed to take that red monster that comes well, out of him as the villain. I mean, villain. yeah, I, whatever. It, they're they're all mished together. It's fine. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but I, I don't know how I feel about the humor of this movie. Like, because... I just recently read Absolute Carnage, so, like, Venom and Carnage are both, like, joking characters. It's not like they never joke. I think there's this weird belief in some parts of the fandom that Venom is, like, this ultra-badass who never makes jokes, and that's just not true. Like, if you actually read the comics, he is a giant goofball, and I feel like this film is a pretty good representation of that. Uh, the only thing is that I don't know if I like it. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I ah. did, I will admit that I laughed at the beginning of the trailer when you, when Venom is making, uh, Eddie breakfast in the morning, which by the way, uh, if I was still in communication with my ex, I definitely, I know for a fact that in, in, in their, uh, warped weird little mind that, uh, that breakfast scene would be, uh, post coitus. I know this. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's for fueling up afterwards. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, you know, Ven Venom got <laughs> Venom got off the night before and uh, he's trying to make he's trying to <laughs> So he needs make, eggs and waffles. Yeah, yes. so he makes eggs and waffles, you know, in appreciation. So I I I, oh, I, boy. Can t I can see it. I can see it already. And that I can't believe that 
I, I can't believe there was a pass off to a real editor. Like, hey, can you uh, check this over for me? It would really mean a lot if you could double check my work. Not only a real editor, oh, but God. my mother. My mother. Why? I, well, I. <laughs> Why? Why I, would you inflict this on me? Oh, everything God. about that is just the best. <laughs> It is very funny in retrospect. At the I time, wish that I had interesting stories like you do, Adam. I wish I knew half the interesting people you know. <laughs> I knew that one. I just didn't know that about them, I guess. Oh, God. Anywho. Sorry. Uh, yeah, we're getting really off track. Yeah, we're, we're, we are getting off track here. But uh, I, I'm, i like, curious about this movie. But, like, man, I just I just don't really care about Venom. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, Venom is just not a character that I, I'm attached to. Not like my ex, at least. Uh, so, like, it's just... I don't know. I'm, I'm, I feel like this trailer was decent, but it also feels very, very much like the first movie. And I didn't really like the first movie. So it's like, ugh, it just looks like more of the same to me. You know what I mean? I mean, it's almost exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just going to be Eddie, Brock, Venom, cop, buddy cop shenanigans with a guy in with another symbiote that they fight. Like, yeah. The, I mean, at least the, this you time... You know, the black and white of it is the same. At least this time, it's a symbiote that is a different color than Venom. So instead of black That is nice. I do appreciate gray. that. For the fight scenes, it'll probably be helpful, yes. Yeah, like, I swear to God, like, because my biggest complaint about the first movie was the fight scenes. Because, like, guess what? I don't know what the fuck's happening because it's just two giant gray, gray black blobs right, of goo of, fighting, Because a black goo and a slate-colored goo are rolling around in, like, a big goo pile and you can't <laughs> tell who's who. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I definitely am happy that Carnage, like, I mean, he looks great. Like, you know, we only get a couple of shots of him, but, I mean, you know, he looks like Carnage. It's big and red, and he has tentacles coming out everywhere. And I guess he's apparently going to be a, a lot, like, super mobile in this movie. That's what um, Andy Serkis was saying and like, some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, he's going to be very, very, like, kind of acrobatic and unconventional in his fighting style whereas like venom is like almost like a quarterback like he's just like i'm gonna run towards it and punch it kind of a deal uh but i don't think you know your football terms but yes i understand well no <laughs> that's fair no i definitely i guess i know that quarterbacks don't run run and punch it. i think you meant linebacker uh, yeah i guess a linebacker that's 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 definitely a better comparison yeah he's like a linebacker whereas uh What's his face? Carnage is more like uh, what are those people who run? run? Running backs, running backs. Those guys. He's more like that. Okay. He's well, more... my my football knowledge begins and ends with the word linebacker. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I know a little bit more than you, so that's that's exciting. I don't know why we're talking about football now, but we complete each other then. <laughs> uh, the point here is that uh, Carnage is is ha supposed to like, have a different fighting style and obviously a slightly different look than Venom, and I really hope that that actually comes across in the final film. Uh, who the hell knows if that's actually going to be the case? But, uh, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested. I can't even say that I'm, I'm, like, cautiously optimistic. That's, I, I can't even, I can't even go that far with it. But it's like, I, I'll watch it. That's, that's where I'm at with it. It looks... Like a Venom movie, <laughs> so why the fuck not? I mean, Let's yeah. just do it. Well, the other one was just basically all right, so I imagine that this one will be basically all right as well. If it no, could it, be it might as fi good it might as fix the some of the problems. 
If it could be as good as the first one, then I guess I'll be satisfied, but, like, that's just only because my expectations are incredibly low. Or not, I guess... Fair. Very mediocre, you know? It's like, if this could just mm-hmm. be, like, a 4 out of 10, like, it's like, all right, well, that's what, I'm, that's what I was expecting, so eh, I guess that works. That's I fine. had a, I had my first weird realization here, though, while I was watching that trailer, because it said in the beginning there, uh, only in theaters, and I was like, oh, man, that's actually news, like... Yeah. Something being in a theater and not somewhere else is now considered a thing. It's yeah, very strange I, to me. I actually had a similar thought when I was watching the trailer. When I saw only in theaters, I'm like, oh, shit, I actually I'm gonna have to go to a theater to watch this. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, because, like, three years ago, it would have been like, oh, yeah, in only in theater. Well, duh, that's where movies are. But, like, yeah. now it's like, wait a minute, it's not just going to be in my house? What the fuck? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, I kind of like wish fucking, it was. Oh, dude, the... um the fucking demon slayer movie the anime there you know that uh about the guy what slays demons you know the number one animated movie in america oh, right now yeah yeah yeah. yes um, i know what you're talking about yeah that's actually only in theaters and i was like oh man i would have liked to watch that but not enough to go so yeah. no no way <laughs> but uh but yeah uh, let there be carnage it it looks okay question mark like it's just a trailer so you know eh, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens uh, our next piece of news is that uh, apparently Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will, quote, probably, uh, end quote, uh, be the end of Drax's story in the MCU. Dave Bautista says that, like, he doesn't really want to keep doing it anymore because he, he really does not like sitting in a makeup chair for, like, six I hours. I mean, that's totally fair. Uh, so, but he wants to finish the trilogy and he wants to, you know, like, say goodbye to the character and... Uh, initially he was saying on Twitter that like, this doesn't mean the end of, it's the end of Drax's story. It's just the end of me playing Drax. But then James Gunn jumped in and he was just like, as far as I'm concerned, you're the only person to play Drax. Like, like that's, I mean, that's yeah. not going to happen if I have any say in it. <laughs> Sorry, not everybody can be recast. I mean, really, I don't think that Drax is an important enough character that he should be recast. Like, I feel like you could just like, they could resolve his story potentially kill him off at the end of guardians mm-hmm. of the galaxy three and then be done you know, like that's how i would do it like that see that just makes sense you know yep. uh but i i i'm a, I'm a little bit sad but not like completely it's more of like uh because i feel i do feel like it's about time like okay one more movie say goodbye to the character and then he can ride off into the sunset and, or whatever you know like, that's, I feel like that is an appropriate end to Drax. I feel like we got just enough Drax in the MCU with one more appearance. Would you concur with that assessment? Yeah, that's like probably it. fair. A lot of the supporting Guardians are not as important as, like, the main two. Yeah. So, you know, I it's probably okay to, to get him out of there after the third one. I mean, I want there to be, like, a real end, not just, like, uh, we could pretend like there's going to be a fourth movie with Drax and just not have one. Yeah, yeah, I, I want I him would to like either to... die or have some conclusion, although he's going to have to die probably because his kind of yeah. only motivation in life right now is to be a part of this dumb team. So unless his yeah. wife magically comes back to life or something, I imagine we're going to just have to kill him. Yeah, I, I think there's a very good chance he's going to die. Uh, and I'm and I'm perfectly okay with that. I think that it's time. I honestly am a little bit surprised that he didn't die in, like, Infinity War or, or Endgame. I feel like that would have been a pretty good time to kill him off if they wanted to do that. And I guess technically they did, but you know not actually um did so, anybody die in endgame at all did any besides oh, iron man 
Besides Iron Man. I was going to say, yeah, obviously there was Iron Man. And you could argue that Steve died. I mean, like, he chose to leave and then okay, come back I mean, but we got to see him at the end. He was alive at the end of the movie. Yes. No, that is, that is true. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else. I mean, like, main characters, like, actually important characters who... Oh, obviously it was Black Widow. Black Widow died. Uh, but that's it, I think. Which okay. All right. is fine i don't know well i'm just i was just kind of building off your point there like if they were going to kill somebody off that would have been a really good movie to do it in but yes like, it would have been they didn't I, I think that uh drax I, there's a part of me that wishes that drax had uh like sacrificed himself to kill thanos or like maybe just like be a part of a group that sacrificed themselves to kill thanos because like his whole deal was getting revenge on thanos for the death of his kids and his wife so I feel like that would have been an appropriate end to him, but obviously that didn't. Yeah, happen. but Robert Downey Jr. costs more money, so he oh, gets yeah. to be I, the one like, that dies. You know, as much as I think that that would have been a fitting end to Drax, I definitely prefer what we actually got because yeah, I, the story demands it be Iron Man for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I mean, I I don't really have. He had to have his full circle thing moment with Cap, where you know he lays down on the wire and all that. Yep. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. I. I. I'm very, very pleased with the way everything turned out in Endgame. But it's like, if you're going to kill off Drax, I, I feel like they could have had that happen. Probably in Infinity War, now that I'm thinking about it. I, I, he definitely could have just been killed. Not dusted, but like straight up killed. Uh, right. When, they, when like he and Spider-Man and Iron Man and the other guys were all fighting Thanos on Titan. I feel like that would have been a perfect time to do that. But whatever, it's fine. We get one more movie with them, so it's it's not a big deal. Uh, I just, I, I agree with you that he absolutely should get, like, a definitive end in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Uh, and I, here's here's hoping. Really, the only Guardians that I, like, want to stick around long term is, like, uh, Star-Lord, Rocket. Uh, I guess you could keep Groot around, because, I mean, you could just have him, you know, if he has to die, you could just have him come back like he did already, so whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really care that much about Gamora. Like, you know, I know that, like, her time... Well, we're in a weird place with Gamora, where yes. we could totally just not ever have her in the story again. I, I have a feeling that, like, finding Gamora is going to be, like, the whole driving force of the plot in Guardians I mean, 3. it will be, certainly, but it doesn't have to be. Like, this is memory different Gamora from the alternate timeline or whatever, so it's not even yeah. the same one. So, like, if we just never had her again in the story, like, you could do that. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think that, like, maybe you could, like, just let Gamora not be around for a while and then maybe, like, have her come back in, like, five years as, like, a surprise thing. It's like, oh, yeah, there's that alternate version of Gamora who's been running around, you know, and then she could just show up and be a total badass. Like, I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm just trying to, like, think of... I don't really know what the fuck their plan is with Gamora. Like, because... I don't have any more, I don't have any emotional attachment to this version of Gamora. She doesn't have any of the character development that I, like, she's not our Gamora. She's just, like, right. our, you know, if you take A Gamora. Gam yeah, if you just take Gamora from the very first scene of the first Guardians of the Galaxy, like, that's it. That's, that's the character that we now mm -hmm. get to run with. And it's like, eh, like, 
none of the things that I care about happened to her, so what are we even doing? Right. So we either have to do all of the stuff again to have her have her change of heart again, or we have to fruitlessly, and us as the audience will also know that, you know, Peter's going to be chasing after her to try to convince her that, no, wait, we're totally, like, the best for each other and whatever, and she's going to be like, I have never met you before. And yeah, that will be I the end of it. Who you are like, yeah, right. I, I didn't share any of those movie moments with you. Right. I really hope that. I think I've said this before, but I really, really hope that that's what Peter's arc is in Guardians of the Galaxy Three. Like, I like the idea that he's trying so what, hard realizing to find this Gamora is not his Gamora. Yeah, exactly. Like, I want him to be like, no, like that. You know, yes, Gamora is still around, but it's not your Gamora. And it's like, like no, that that version died, and you need to make your peace with that. It, I think it'll be like a pretty good metaphor where it's like, you know, it's not perfect, obviously, but I think it'll be a good metaphor for it's like people change. You know, the person that you loved is not the person who this is now. You know, it, like kind of like in real life, but just you know, again. I mean, except this, this is literally not. I the know, same person. I know, I know. It's <laughs> it's it's not a perfect I, well, metaphor. Well, it is, like but said. it's not. <laughs> um. But I, I really think that that's the best thing you can do with Star-Lord. Like, have him fight so hard to try to convince her that they should be together. And then have him realize, you know, maybe not. Like, you know, like, I guess, because the, there's so much emotional baggage. And it'd be so hard for him not to, even if she were willing to give him a shot in a romantic way. Like, she wouldn't have any of the memories that they shared together, and he would expect her to, and I just, none of it would work. Oh, there's going to be a lot of that for sure. She's going to give him, like, a, a tenuous shot, and he's going to be like, hey, remember this song? And she's going to be like, no. And he's like, oh, that was the other one. Yeah, exactly. That exact scene will happen. Like, I, like, what I don't want to happen is I don't want him to just find her, and then, like, you know, he convinces her to give him a shot, and then they have a bunch of babies together. Like, that that would be, like, Half the green worst... babies? Uh, yeah, half green babies. Who cares? Uh, but that would be, like, the worst way to go about dealing with this, in my opinion. Like, I, th th I think that they should not be together anymore. Like, it's it's done. It's over. She died. I mean, that's, that's fair. Uh, maybe they could be on the same team together. I guess I could work with that. But they, they should not be a romantic pairing unless they they get their own development as a new couple. You know what I mean? But I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, it would have to be really rapid. Like, it he would have, have to, to save yeah. her from falling off a cliff or something, and she'd be like, oh, man, what is this? What is this moisture? And that would be the end of it. Like, immediately she's just like, yeah, I'm on board. I mean, it would just I just think it would be so stupid. Like, I would not I mean, it like would that. be, yes, but it would be the quickest way to restore status quo, which is all that matters. I really, I really hope that they, that they don't do that. That's... Well, we'll have to I, wait and see. I have a lot of faith in Marvel, and I have a lot of faith in James Gunn, and I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think I think it's going to be a pretty sad thing about uh, Peter realizing that that time of his life has passed and he needs to let go. Uh, which is, like, his whole arc is learning how to let go. Anyway, um, so our next piece of news is that uh, Finn Whitrock, who uh, I know him from a couple of seasons of American Horror Story, but that doesn't really matter. Uh, will be playing the lead character of the Green Lantern HBO Max television show. And that character is not any of the Green Lanterns that we love and know, but instead it is Guy Gardner. So, uh, Steve, uh, why, don't you, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell me your thoughts on this Guy Gardner Green Lantern show? <sighs> okay. 
Well, Adam. Yeah? I reached out to the universe, and I said, please, universe, give me a Green Lantern movie. I want a Green Lantern movie. And the universe responded with, I'll do you one better. I'll give you a Green Lantern show. And I said, thank you, universe. It's everything I wanted. And the universe says, fuck you. You weren't specific enough. These are genie wish rules, motherfucker. Have a technically a Green Lantern show, you stupid cockhead. So we got a Guy Gardner Green Lantern show. Yep. Guy Gardner. Mm -hmm. Which is an affront to God and man. And... (laughs) Yep, yep. And just so goddamn frustrating. And it. so I did my research on this thing, and it looks like it's going to span a couple decades here, and it's going to start in the 40s with a different Green Lantern, and it's going to end in the 80s with Guy Gardner, and they're going to have a bunch of tertiary characters in between there. And they're, according to the thing I read, joined by other lanterns. Now, mm. we don't know what that means, whether that means other Green Lanterns or fucking, like... I'm thinking Kilowog. St. Walker's going to show up from the Blue Lantern Corps, Sinestro or something, like Atrocitus maybe, I don't know. Any of those guys could show up, who knows. But mm-hmm. uh, the other Green Lantern that they're doing is Alan Scott. Do you know who Alan Scott is, Adam? Uh, I I only know him very, very barely. I saw one image of him, and that's it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Well, for the uninitiated, Alan Scott is the Golden Age Green Lantern from mm-hmm. all those years ago. He wears red spandex, has a Dracula cape, and yeah, he uh, looks has like ridiculous. a picture of a, a train lantern on his chest. Because times were different back then. And until very recently, he wasn't even officially part of the Green Lantern continuity. He was just a character called Green Lantern with a magic ring. It was magic, not technology. It was magic. Oh. And they had to like rewrite him. I think he's like a gay FBI agent or something now. But yeah, whatever, that's probably the in. version they're going to use. So no one's ever heard of that guy. So I don't know why they picked that guy. But they had all these other Green Lanterns to pick from, and I've gone through all the ones that are relevant and what they could have done, and they didn't do. And I'd like to t- tell you that list right now and why they did the thing that they did and why it's so bad and why it's unforgivable sin. So okay. after Golden Age, obviously, no one knows who Alan Scott is except for me. So they're not going to do that. Fine. fair. I mean, they did do that, but... I don't, they, they, he's not the, the main one, probably. Fine. Great. Whatever. Understandable. Next up is Hal Jordan, our Silver Age Green Lantern. Now, the best Green they Lantern. probably don't want to pick him. They, I, I agree. They probably don't want to pick him because they want to distance themselves from this Ryan Reynolds thing. Fine. You know? Who I, cares? Fine. I, I, I don't, I, I'm on I don't board. Understand I, that I understand why you would make that decision as a cold calculating machine that you are. You probably thought, oh, people don't like that, so we're not going to do that one. Fine. Okay. Fine. Next up, John Stewart. He was already a Green Lantern in Justice League for in the Justice League cartoon. People liked him, I guess. I mean, that wasn't a very was, good representation John of him Stewart, because his I would like whole to tell thing is making guns. I'd like to tell you something, Steve. John Stewart was very nearly in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Like, there's some behind-the-scenes images of this guy who, like, was doing mocap for, like, John Stewart, but it just didn't make the final cut of the film. I uh, I would have taken I would have taken a John Stewart. I would have taken it. I would have uh, been less excited about it, but I would have taken it. But, but as we, you and I both know, Hollywood hates minorities. It's the only explanation true. I can think of. They hate minorities, which also eliminates our most recent uh, Green Lanterns, uh, Simon and Jessica, as they are both various kinds of not white. Yeah, people so of color. obviously that wasn't yeah. going to work. Yeah, that wasn't going to work. We can't have that. No. So of course that not. leaves 
Yeah, that leaves two people left. We have Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner. I would have taken a Kyle Rayner. I would have Who taken it. Kyle they just Rayner? didn't pick him. Huh? Who? I don't know anything about Kyle Rayner. Like, uh, he was the Green Lantern after Hal Jordan went crazy and killed all the other Green Lanterns. Uh, he was a, an artist. That's why he was good with the ring. Oh, because I believe he, can, like, he was also the first. Uh, he was the first White Lantern to earn it via all the colors rather than just becoming one. Like he went around to all the different cores and like you know mastered their color. I think that was him the first to do that, but I think he was a Grey Lantern at the time. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Kyle Rayner was a Green Lantern. He was pretty famous. He has a really weird costume. Um, but they didn't do that. They picked Guy Gardner. And the only reason I can think of that is because, as I said before, they hate minorities. So they picked the whitest possible person they could. Being a ginger, he is the lightest shade of white you can be and thus the safest is the only reason I can think of. They picked, they made a Guy Gardner show because they hate black people. That makes sense. I mean, this yep. is WB we're talking about. So, and they right. uh, treated Ray Fisher like shit when uh, he was being cyborg uh, mm -hmm. in Justice League. So, no, so, yeah. I, these are I'm definitely... indisputable ironclad facts that I don't need to check because I already know they're true. Oh, yeah. That's why right. they did it. Yep. That, that's Guy it. Gardner. Racist. Guy Gardner, Guy Gardner is a redhead with a bowl cut and a goddamn Letterman jacket. And he's just the worst. Just the worst. And the guy they Guy picked doesn't even look like him. And I don't know if I'm mad about that or not. Because on the one hand, I don't give a shit about Guy Gardner. So I don't want his show to be good. I don't care about it. But on the other hand, they cast a guy that doesn't even look like him. And he's the most visually, like, he's the least normal looking of the Green Lanterns, I guess, being a redhead, which is already unique, having a bowl cut, which is unique, and having a fucking Letterman jacket, which is already a unique trait. So, like, visually, he's the most diverse of the white people that play Green Lantern, but they picked the most boring fucking Nathan Drake-looking-ass motherfucker to play him. They you really know, did. brown-haired, brown-haired, white guy. Know, I'm looking like, at these images of guy gardner and i'm i'm a little bit pissed they didn't get fucking woody harrelson to play him <laughs> like <laughs> he he looks just like woody harrelson in fucking that carnage trailer like what the fuck <laughs> like, well is... looks like somebody showed up to the wrong casting i guess apparently but, yeah, so they picked a guy that doesn't look anything like him and sure you know whatever you don't have to get a guy that looks exactly like the character but like he's so visually distinct it would have made sense to pick somebody that could do this. And, again, I don't know if I should feel upset about it or not, because I don't care, but I still want it to be accurate. Does that make any sense? <laughs> like, oh, I see, yeah. Like, you're like, I shouldn't care about this, but I still do a little bit. Right, like, <laughs> it's it's like a double slight. It's like they made a Guy Gardner show, and then they did it wrong. So they're like, here's the thing you don't want, and I'm like, I don't want that. But they're like, okay, here's the incorrect version of it. It's like, we'll get it right at least, you know? <laughs> No, like, that's that, nonsense. That it doesn't make any fucking sense, and I shouldn't care because I don't care. But I have to watch this fucking show because I asked for it. I reached out, and whatever force of the universe was in charge of these decisions reached back, and it said, have a Green Lantern show. And if I don't take it, I'm worried about what might happen. I'm worried about I'm going to piss off some outerworldly being by not accepting their gifts, and they're going to, like, turn me into a newt or something. So I have to watch this dumb show 
and oh, yeah. morbid curiosity and because it says Green Lantern on it, I will literally do anything for that. So I have to watch this dumb show and I, I mean, don't want to and I hate everything about it and I like that one like, scene where Batman punched the fuck out of Guy Gardner and knocked him out in one hit. Think about it like this though, Steve. If the show is successful, then the, then they'll be like, oh, people like Green Lantern. We should throw more Green Lanterns in there. Let's do more live action Green well, Lanterns. Well, I'm... No, see, that's the biggest, that's the biggest fuck off of all. Because what happens here is they're saying that other lanterns may join the roster as like supporting. I imagine this is going to be a somewhat episodic villain to villain weekly thing, at least for this first season, if they're doing more than one. So we're going to get a couple other lanterns. What this is going to turn into is they're going to have the good lanterns show up as support characters in one or two episodes and keep the main fucker, Guy Gardner. So I'm going to see those other characters. I'm going to see Hal Jordan. I'm going to see Jon Stewart. I'm going to see St. Walker. I'm yeah. going to see all the ones I want to see, but they're not going to be there. They're just going to be out of my reach, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit off screen, just out of out of the spotlight where they should be. Fucking standing off to the side, golf clapping when Guy Gardner comes out and drops his pants and swings his dick like a helicopter. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at uh, these images of Guy Gardner, and I have I have an, a, a, an alternative theory for why they picked Guy Gardner as the main lead. Go on. Uh because his costume is so stupid and it's just him in a letterman jacket with a big giant metal belt uh, mm-hmm. i bet that that would be easy as fuck to create a costume for all you have to but, do is just make they're one probably jacket. not gonna do that <laughs> i mean maybe not i bet that it'll be like an like a version of it it's wait a minute are you like... saying that they picked guy gardner because the costume department would have had an easier time finding a green jacket than just making something that is correct. That's what I'm saying. God, I'm, I hope I'm, that's th- not true. I'm thinking, well, because it makes sense. Because, like, some of the other guys, like, you have to, like, you know, have, like, CGI the entire costume or whatever. Like, that's expensive. You don't. But, guys, you, you just throw him, you just give him a fucking jacket and you're golden. Like, you don't have to do anything. Oh my give him God. A, I... a, a jacket, black <sighs> sleeves, and black pants, and you're good. God, I hate like... that you're probably right. Oh, God, that's so fucking... Well, fucking Simon just wears, like, an Under Armour shirt. (laughs) Like, you can can do it. You can make the costume and not have it be, like, a weird CGI body suit, like in the Green Lantern movie. You can just make him a suit suit. I'll, I'll be okay with that. I will get behind a regular suit as long as the ring does the cool shit. That's all you need to put the money in. Make the constructs good. It's all this... Like, anybody's here... I completely agree. Like, I would like the suit to look good, but I don't really give a shit about it. It's like, ooh, but shouldn't the suit cover his entire body? Like, fuck you. I don't care. All I care about is I want, like, the powers to look good. The constructs need to look good. Absolutely. No, that that totally makes sense. Like, he could be walking around literally just wearing a green Letterman jacket that he got from high school. It doesn't have to even have a lantern logo on it, and I wouldn't even I mean, give a shit, personally. fucking, if it, he, he walked out with, like, a fucking Notre Dame fighting Irish suit or something, I'd be like, yeah, okay, whatever, it's green, let's do it. Yeah. As long like, as the ring does cool shit. But I hate that you're probably right, and I don't like the idea that he's just going to get this ring and just take a jacket off of a hook and wear it and be like, yep, that's my superhero costume, like fucking Spider-Man or something. Yeah, it's okay exactly. when Spider-Man does it. It's not It's not okay when fucking a Green Lantern does it. I, I'm so tired, Adam. I'm so I'm tired. So 
hey, maybe it'll be good. Maybe. And maybe You know, maybe it will. But I can't help but think that it could have been better by putting literally anybody else at the helm. And this is not to disparage whoever the fuck this guy is I've never heard of that's playing Green Lantern. Uh, I don't Finn I don't know I don't know who that guy is. So yeah, this isn't fine. about picking that guy. I mean, it is a little bit, because that guy doesn't look anything like Guy Gardner, and yes, we have to go back and forth on whether it's okay to cast people for parts that don't look like them, but, like, this isn't, like, recasting a white character as a black character. This is just finding a person with a hair color that doesn't match that would have actually been very easy to do. And I, mean, I don't know beyond, if that's better or worse. <laughs> even beyond just but, the hair color, like, uh, Guy Gardner looks like a... Like he's this big beefy dude. He's got a very square jaw. Like yes, you know, he's he, he's he, very he's very masculine. That yeah, guy. Yeah, he's a very masculine looking guy. You know, looks like a big beef head. And this and Finn Whit Whitrock doesn't look like that at all. Like he doesn't look remotely like Guy Gardner, other than the fact that he's white. And it's like <laughs> no, dude. Like well, uh, you as don't we previously like discussed, that. that's a very important part. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, according to WB, I'm sure that that's, like, the only defining factor. Like, that and can we pay him as little as possible? That's I mean, that might also have something to do with it. Like, maybe, ooh, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it costs less to get Guy Gardner the rights to him because nobody oh. has made a Guy Gardner product in a long fucking time. That could be. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Like, you know, they might have to, like, pay royalties to, like, Ryan Reynolds or something if they had to, if they wanted to have Hal Jordan. So they're like, oh, yeah. Well, which one, I mean, more which like, haven't we done he, yet? DC like, still uses Hal Jordan for things. Like, they're still making animated stuff with him. His, mm -hmm. you know, his comics still go, and I'm sure Guy Gardner's comics are still out too, but, like, they're not making. Whenever they make a Justice League lineup, Guy Gardner's not the Green Lantern in that lineup. No, he's. he's not. Maybe in the show, maybe, depending on how many Green Lanterns are present. Like, fucking, he was in Young Justice as a third-string Green Lantern. Was but he like, really? I didn't even yes, see that Yes, he was. Shit. Well, it was, it was Hal Jordan, and then it was Jon Stewart as the secondary one. Because, you know, he's like the backup Lantern. But, like, Guy Gardner's technically a Green Lantern of Earth. But he's just hmm. not part of the Justice League yet. But he's and never, he's should... almost never there. He's almost never in anything. And now well, they're no, making a show about no. him. <laughs> The only so now time he gets to you be... bring in Guy Gardner is if he's a part of, like, a larger group. Because, uh, you like, why would you pick him over literally any other Green Lantern? And that's the question. And, <laughs> you know, Adam, I'm having a thought here. Have, did you ever see, and this is very off-topic, but did you ever see the, uh, when Justin Bieber and Paul McCartney did a, uh, a collaboration on a song together? And there was a bunch of people tweeting at Paul McCartney going, Man, aren't you lucky that a big star like... Justin Bieber gave you a shot. Oh my god. <laughs> do you remember that? I actually yes, I do remember that. I did. Yes, a yeah, bunch of young that. uninformed children were like, "Hey, I don't know who Paul McCartney is, the lead singer of the world's most famous band, but I know who Justin Bieber is." So I'm yeah. worried what's going to happen here is there's going to be an entire generation of people who think that Guy Gardner is Green Lantern. And you that's know, technically not incorrect. But it's the same the, thing that happened with Jon Stewart in the Justice League cartoon, is all those people were like, that's Green Lantern right there, he's that guy, because that's the only one they ever saw. So I'm worried that people are going to watch this HBO show and be like, hey, who is this fella who is Green Lantern definitively? That's not the same dude from that there uh, Ryan Reynolds movie I saw, and I thought that was pretty good because I'm a drooling idiot. So this must be good too. No, I, I I agree with you. That that's a terrifying idea. That the only version of Green Lantern that these people are going to know is Guy Gardner, which is the worst version. And it'll be really confusing when they go out into the real world and Google pictures of him. And it looks nothing like that guy. <laughs> that's also true. Uh, They're gonna no, be so funny. confused. 
It's funny you say that because it's actually kind of relevant to me and like my wife. I've been trying to introduce uh, Megan to uh, superhero stuff, which is not really her thing. Uh, but I've been it's like, everybody's thing. You know, I've been trying to, to, you know, to bring her into the fold and be like, no, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Please, like, join me. <laughs> One of us. But, One uh, of us. She, for her, like, when, when I, like, talk to her about Spider-Man, the first version of Spider-Man that she thinks of is Miles Morales. Because she's seen into the Spider-Verse. She watched me play a good chunk of the Miles Morales video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, so when I talk about Spider-Man... Like, I'm all my. Of course, my first thought is always Peter Parker. That's yeah, Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You know? uh, but for her, that like she she doesn't really know anything about Peter Parker. We started watching the animated series, and that was possibly a mistake because wow, we could we couldn't even get through the uh, the fucking intro, the theme song, without her like giggling like a maniac. Because you know the theme song is just Spider-Man, Spider-Man, radioactive Spider-Man, just over and over, followed by guitar riffs. Uh, I mean, it tells you everything you need to know. It's Spider-Man. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and like, also like a really funny thing is she saw Spider-Man's like you know origins with Uncle Ben, which for me I've known about Spider-Man and Uncle Ben, great power. Oh my God, you're right. Response. There's a pe- there's people out there that don't know who Uncle Ben is. Yeah, she didn't know who that was, and we watched that episode recently, and her reaction to it, and this really fucked with my head. Her reaction to it was, wow, that's really, that's a horrible thing to take away from that. Like, that wasn't his fault at all. Like, she was like, she was like, it's not his fault that some, that, that some dude ran off and killed his uncle. Like, he, it's not his job to stop every crime that ever happened, like, from happening. Like, that's ridiculous. And it made me realize, Steve, how much of my own anxiety stems from Spider-Man <laughs> comic books and, like, <laughs> mythos. Because it's like, okay. oh my god, you're right. Like, I'm not responsible for the de- for the decisions and actions of everyone. And that's what I learned from Spider-Man. <laughs> like, oh my god. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well... Uh, uh, I had some real fire in my belly about this a couple days ago, but I have since mellowed out, and now I'm just mad. I'm just frustrated. Now you, yeah, now I, you're just quiet. If we had done this a couple days ago, I would have I would have been going off. I would have been shouting. But, like, at this point, I'm just confused. Like, there, of, of everybody you could have picked, you picked this one that nobody likes. Nobody likes Guy Gardner. I mean, nobody's me out too, there. Though. I mean, some people are like, yeah, he's not as bad, but nobody's out there like, yeah, Guy Gardner's my favorite Green Lantern. Nobody, nobody's no. like that. If people even know who Green Lantern is, which is not always popular, he's kind of like of like the seven Justice League guys. He's probably like number five for most people. You know, he's he's not Superman. He's not Batman. He's not Wonder Woman. So like, yeah. you know, he's yeah. probably probably after Flash. Then it's Green Lantern for most people. And after that, it's like they know one of them. Like, they either know the white one or the black one, depending on when they were introduced to the character. But neither I of those guys right. are Guy fucking Gardner. For, for, for me, for like a long time, I only knew of two Green Lanterns, and that was Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. That was like the only mm-hmm. two that I knew. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. That I think the best. Yeah, to derail a little people. bit, it's really weird that they picked Jon Stewart for the Justice League cartoon because Jon Stewart's whole thing is making guns. Like,. Is that true? Really? Oh shit! Yeah. Well, I he's hadn't... a well, he's like a marine, and he uses his gun or he uses his ring to make things he knows how to use, and that's firearms. So he makes like artillery and rifles and shit like that. That's what he does. That's like his thing. But like, 
You can't so do that on a kid's show. That's why all no. his constructs are just like boring, like circles and shit. Yeah, that's like really stupid that they decided. Yeah, to it was a very for... strange choice to pick. I think they picked him because there was literally nobody on the Justice League who wasn't white except for the spaceman. Yeah, that would probably. They wanted to like diversify that a little bit. Yeah, they wanted to throw but... some diversity in there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, the closest thing we had to like a not white guy was like. Uh, I think oh, it was never mind. Just... All, all of them, even the aliens, are white. <laughs> I was I was about to say I think the the only one that I that the close I think you mentioned him was the Martian Manhunter, who's debatably yeah. I I don't know like I know that he's a shapeshifter, well, but I think he usually well, turns into he's a, black a green guy. Martian as opposed to a white Martian, which do exist. So I suppose technically he's not white, but like you know of the original Justice League Justice League or original Justice League cartoon members it's Superman who is a spaceman but a white spaceman yeah. Batman Wonder Woman white. who's not a person but is still of the Caucasian coloring yeah. Hawkgirl who is white although that's a little iffy because she's like also from space but god there's a lot of space people in Justice League and then there is, Flash yeah. who Wally West in that one is a redhead but still white and John Stewart, who is the token not white character, or at least the not white Earthling. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, it's like I never—I probably never would have heard of John Stewart if it wasn't for that cartoon. So like, that's, that's probably true. It's kind of nice that they decided to include him, though it is stupid that he—he's known for only creating guns, and he couldn't right. do the thing that he was known to do in the cartoon. Yeah, but well, it's you know, because like fucking Hal Jordan is the one that makes like boxing gloves and you know like spider webs and drops trucks yeah. on people and hits them with trains and shit. Like that's his thing, you know, yeah. make the goofball stuff. But uh, that's anyway. the kind of shit they had to. Whatever I. Basically zero out of ten. I'm just mad. I'm just a bitter old man. I'm gonna I, watch the I show. wasn't specific enough with my wish, and I got the wrong thing, and I can't take it back. So here we go. We're just gonna have to watch it, I guess. And I'll definitely gonna report that, on it. <laughs> I hate that DC like consistently shits the bed on their in their movies and TV shows, and yet I watch every fucking one of them like a goddamn shill because I really, really want them to finally be good. They're almost always not, and I keep watching them anyway. I hate it. I just sorry. I just want. I mean, to their animated game has always been strong. Yeah, I mean, I should I should delve more into the animated stuff, but I uh, just haven't done that. I don't know why they but, just don't stick with that. Like, they're so good at that, and they're so bad at making movies. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, so our next piece of news here is that uh, Legendary is apparently uh, planning on continuing the MonsterVerse, which I'm so happy that they are deciding to go forward because. I care about one thing and one thing only, and that is giant monsters fighting each other. That is what I want from the MonsterVerse, and that is exactly what I've received from the MonsterVerse. So the movies might not be great, but I want the movie series to continue because hopefully they can get better and whatever. Even if they don't get better, at least I get monster fights. Uh, but uh, they're looking to continue it, and uh, apparently they're going to try to have Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard come back. This will be the first time that they get a director to come back to make an additional movie, because so far every movie has had a different director. Uh, and one of the stories that he might be doing is Son of Kong, which sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, and maybe that means that uh, Kong is going to find an another female Kong in the little inner world thing or whatever. And that sounds like it'd be fun. Like, why the fuck not? I, I just... I. Like I say, I just want more monster fights. 
Are you gonna? Are you at all interested in Son of Kong? Do you give any kind of shit about about uh, the MonsterVerse, Steve? <clears throat> no. Ah, damn it. <laughs> That's fine. This is this is mostly for me. Anyway. Son of Kong, seriously? Why not? Why? That sounds fun. Why? Why? Why the hell not? Let's do it. Uh, we gotta, you know, bring in a new generation of giant kaiju anyway. So why not uh, start with the one who we know? He, there are other Kongs out there. We just have never seen them. Makes okay, sense to me. Okay, but like, assuming we have to make new monsters, which we don't, but assuming well, we did, yeah. King, Son of Kong is not a new monster. He's Kong, but smaller. Well, okay. And King Kong yeah. does not have any superpowers or anything. This isn't like a Godzilla that shoots laser beams. This is a large monkey, and you're asking me to get excited about a smaller large monkey. With no discernible differences, unless he has Wolverine claws, count me out. Maybe I have no idea, but okay, I see where you're coming from with that. That's fair. Uh, mostly, I I really liked uh, Kong Skull Island. That's like my that's my favorite uh, MonsterVerse film. I love that movie, uh, and I really really liked the parts of Godzilla versus Kong with Kong like going to the inner world and like seeing like this the this like weird grand cathedral thing where his ancestors lived i thought that was really cool i just i want that to be fleshed out more i want to learn more about like the kong species and like what they're where did they go and what did they do and how do they procreate how does procreation work for they kaiju? monkey fuck what do you mean how do they procreate well i mean like like how long are they pregnant like, is that... What are you talking about? I don't know, Steve. I just want more monster movies. That's all I fucking want. All they have to do is just have more shit crawl from the center of the Earth. There's an infinite number of hypothetical monsters down there. Or they can come from space. Space Godzilla is a real thing. Space Godzilla is a real thing. And that's... I'm, I'm kind of hoping that, like, some point down the line, Space Godzilla is going to show up and just, like, wipe the floor with Godzilla, and then Godzilla is gonna, like, go and, like, meet with Kong and, like, somehow try to, like, animal mind meld to try to convince him to help out. Uh, and then, like, maybe other monsters could get involved. Like, you know, you could throw in, like, maybe Mecha Ghidorah if you really wanted to, except he's also an alien, so maybe he would be a lieutenant for Space Godzilla. I don't know. I just want more monsters! Like, I... Mon giant monsters are fucking cool! And I really, I mean, really I enjoyed. I really, really enjoyed Godzilla versus Kong for what it was, and uh, I, I just want more. I want more, and I'm happy. Well, I'll tell you how you can get your fix. It. Instead of doing any of that shit, all you got to do is buy yourself War of the Monsters for PlayStation Two, Bro, and just play I, that. I played that shit. I loved it. I love that. That's where I have. That's where I get most of my knowledge of the of the Godzilla kaiju is from that game. Like, because I didn't watch a lot of the movies because, quite frankly, a lot of the movies are boring as fuck. Like, <laughs> like I just yep. want to watch, like, a highlight reel of all of the movies. Like, the parts that have the monsters in them and nothing else. Because I do not care. And I know, I know See, that it's... now I'm confused. Because you're telling me all you want is the cool monster fights and you don't care. But previously you asked me, how do monkeys reproduce and how I long mean, are they pregnant for? Yeah. So I'm very confused know. about what your monster priorities are. I don't even know what my monster priorities are. I, uh, okay. Really, what my priorities are is I want more. I just want more of all of it. I want more monsters. I want more baby monsters. I want more movies. I, I just I just want it all. I want it. You and your Kaiju. decadence. 
Kaiju are cool. All right. Uh, our last piece of news of the day is that there is a Mandalorian video game that is rumored. This is not confirmed. Uh, is rumored to be in development at Microsoft, of all the companies, uh, which might mean that it is an Xbox-exclusive Mandalorian video game. To which I reply, fuck you! Fuck you, Lucasfilm! How dare you! I can't even get a PlayStation 5 still! I just checked yesterday, and now I might have to get a goddamn Xbox One so I can play the Mandalorian video game, which well, of course I no, want! No, you don't. Well, but you don't have to do that. I, I do have to... Do, do you have any idea how much time and energy I have invested in staying up to date on the Star Wars canon? Do you have any idea, you know, Steve? You know, Adam, I guess maybe I forgot that you weren't a normal man, so I suppose maybe you man. do need maybe you do need it. If there is a Mandalorian video game and if it is considered canon, uh, I, I need it. Like, there isn't a, a way around it. I will buy okay. it. I just don't You know, know what? I can get behind that kind of crazy. <laughs> but also, like, I'm curious about how a Mandalorian video game would work, because, like, while I definitely think that, like, it, a Mandalorian video game would be an excellent video game, I have questions about how it works. Sorry, hang on. While to, you like, were talking there, I just heard the words a Mandalorian, and I immediately thought of uh, the A Mandalorian show starring Amanda Bynes. But, <laughs> sorry, continue. That would be continue. so awesome. Uh, a Mandalorian show? That, I, yeah. I would watch the shit out of that. All right, but, like, would it just... Would a Mandalorian... Would a Mandalorian uh, video game just be, like, an adaptation of the show? Would it just be, like, the first and second seasons just in video game form? Because if that's all it is, then, I mean, I would still play that. I'm sure it would be fun. Uh, would it be a prequel that's, like... The Mandalorian before he met Grogu and like you know before the events of the show, because but then he wouldn't have the full armor and what the fuck is the point if he doesn't have the I full armor? I imagine if they did do this, it would take place after he had already dropped the kid off. Yeah, I get. I just like there's so many. I have so many questions about what their like final like end game is with Mandalorian, like with mm -hmm. Din as a character. And I just, it, it just seems very strange to throw in a video game into the mix on top of everything else. Like, I, like, this show is already taking too long to make. And if they decided to also do a video game at the same time, would that delay the show? Would the game even be canon? Because, I mean, we already well, have a lot of here's my retcons. Here's my idea of what's happening. They already have an idea of what's going on with the show, and they're probably working with the show people to make the game. What's going to happen in the game is that they're going to be looking for that same goal as they are in whatever the next season of the show is. Whatever they're trying to accomplish, find the thingy, get to the place, shoot the guy, eat the sandwich, whatever. They're going to go there and try to do that, but in the game, they're going to do a really roundabout way of doing something that will not succeed. They'll chase a dead end, or whatever they find oh. at the end of that path will just teach them that they were already on the wrong path to begin with, or they need to go do this, or the force is with them, or some shit. Yeah, but whatever yeah. they're doing the, in the game, the it'll be like a... It'll basically drop them off exactly where they started. That makes sense. Yeah, that you, you know, because you know, they that, don't want to like probably they don't want to the make the show because the show is way too popular. So they don't want to make the stuff in the game affect the show, but you can still make the stuff in the game canonical to the timeline of the show without it changing anything. I I, I feel like that's gonna I just feel like that's gonna be really hard to do. And also the Razor Crest well, we is blown up. 
how do you get him from planet to planet without the razor crest is he going to have i a guess he'll get a new razor ship. crest your whole your game I can be about that crest. that can be the exciting canonical thing that happens he gets a new ship that i mean you know if that's all that if the if the show or if the game is just him getting a new ship and that's the only thing that's important in regards to like the show that it's just like oh yeah he has a new ship in mandalorian season three and if you want to know how he got the ship you should play the video game that's fine <laughs> like, i mean I, that, that could is, be that is a okay with me not a problem at all yeah, i that just could be I, a... if you're gonna do a mandalorian video game you i really really hope that they actually do their homework in making sure that it lines up with the canon of the show they've already canceled a mandalorian book that they were going to be writing because i guess that like while they were creating the third season like the story changed and then like the book that they had already had written like wasn't relevant anymore and so they just canceled the book i don't even know what the book was going to be about and it's like so clearly things are changing behind the scenes and it's like please please do not I, I don't want any more retcons in Star Wars. I'm so sick of the retcons. I'll talk about that in my humble opinion later. But um, I just I I, uh, I have I have so much excitement for a Mandalorian video game, and also so much terror. So much like oh god, don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Like have it make sense in canon. Have the game still be fun. Like I just I want so much. I want so much from this video game that might not even be you know real and it's it sucks steve i hate being excited for things i yeah you, you know? shouldn't <laughs> well i hate being excited for things because that sets me up for disappointment you know like yeah you know what i was like... excited for a green lantern show look what happened <laughs> exactly exactly steve that's what i'm saying like like god don't fuck it up like i i can't my heart can't take it you know mm -hmm. <sighs> All right, so now we're going to move on to um, the Magic Hour. And, dude, it's been, like, two weeks since the last time we did this. I remember nothing. I'm trying to, like, ah, uh, 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 no, I, I remember nothing. It's like I have strange names that are, like, sort of echoing in my mind, but they don't mean anything to me. I'm trying to think of one of the names. Um, not Balthazar. That's a different thing. What? <laughs> I don't know. I fuck it, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. I can't remember anything. My okay, doesn't matter. Shot. All right, well, so moving on. Moving on to another benchmark here. <clears throat> Welcome to the war with Phyrexia. Dun dun dun. The war right. of, of Phyrexia. Okay. With the war Phyrexia. with with Phyrexia. Yes. That stretches from the years 3,285 AR to 4,000, excuse me, 3,285 AR to 4,206 AR. So, like, a thousand years, about? Is that right? uh, About. Okay, all right. It's a long fucking war. It's a long-ass fucking time, that's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so, the year 3,285, the Talarian Academy is founded. Sarkhan arrives in the past of Tarkir to influence the battle between Nicobolas and Ugin. Azor travels to Ixalan. He never receives a signal from Ugin to imprison Nicobolas using the Immortal Sun, and he is left stranded. What the f- Okay, is that it? Or is there more? Yes. Yes, that's it. Oh. Okay, so, there was a lot of names. Uh, mm -hmm. that 
and a lot of like places slash things. So some do. So there was academy that got founded. Yes, some a do Tolarian Academy in, is founded. Sarkhan arrives in the past of Tarkir to influence the battle between Nicobolos and Ugin. Yeah, Azor okay. travels to Ixalan, he and he never receives his signal from Ugin to imprison Nicobolos using the Immortal Sun, and he is left stranded. Okay, so, so him not imprisoning a person mm -hmm. uh, made him stranded in another realm? Am I... Mm -hmm. is, that, is that correct? Yes. Why? I, I, why, why? That's a fascinating why question. Uh, Azor, as you probably remember from earlier when I mentioned him, is a planeswalker. Or rather, yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, he I just assume Sphinx. everybody is a planeswalker. So. That's that's probably safe. Alright. <laughs> Some people aren't, but you can just assume they all are. So, uh, Ugin is fighting Nicol Bolas, and, Nick, and Ugin's plan, if you remember, Nicol Bolas and Ugin are brother dragon planeswalkers. Uh, oh, Ugin's plan the brother dragon. is to trap is to trap Nicol Bolas on the plane of Ixalan, which is where Azor is, and he's going to signal Azor to initiate the trap. Except that Ugin dies in the fight with Nicol Bolas, uh. so he doesn't get to do that. Now Azor is a planeswalker, but he builds something called the Immortal Sun, which is basically a big trap using his own planeswalker spark. So he gives up his ability to planeswalk to create oh. this trap. And it basically prevents other planeswalkers from ever leaving a place. So if you go, you can go to there. So if you go to there or you get pulled there, which you can be, you can never leave. Uh, okay. Okay. So basically the game plan was to trap him on Ixalan forever. Except that Azor never got the signal because Ugin was dead. And now since he gave up his planeswalker spark to build the trap, he can't leave either. Interesting. Okay, mm -hmm. so he's just stuck on Azor forever, and no, Azor is, is stuck of... on Ixalan forever. Yes, or Azor, yeah. Okay, uh, yes. I guess I, I don't know if I'm allowed to ask. Uh, I can't. I can't ask any more questions. So, all nope. right. Okay. Well, I, I just want to ask one thing: Is this a part of the war with Phyrexia? Is this like a part of that? Or uh, is that nope. Like a this whole... is just happening a parallel at the same time. Okay. All right. That's all. That was the only qu other question I had. So, okay. Yes. Azor... This is happening on that year, but it is. It falls within the year of the War of Phyrexia, but it is not part of that war. It's not even the same place. I'm going to try really hard to remember this. Azor gave up his Planeswalker Spark to create the Immortal Sun, which was going mm. to be a trap to trap Planeswalkers on... Oh, crap. What was the name of the place? Ixalan. 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 I-X. Ixalan. Okay. I-X. Ixalan. Uh, but... And it worked, except now he's trapped there, but he didn't trap the person he was trying to trap because... Right. He made uh, an awesome guy... trap that just never got sprung. Ah, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right, I'm going to try to remember this, as much of that as I possibly can. Um, cool. So uh, now we're going to move on to my humble opinion, and I would like to go first, if that's okay with Be you. Be my guest. Um, so I watched the first two episodes of The Bad Batch on Disney+. Plus. And in my humble opinion, uh, it's pretty solid. It, uh, I, I like the Bad Batch as characters much more in their own show than I did in the uh, Clone Wars episodes that they were in, which I thought sure. was, like, like they were kind of boring in the Clone Wars uh -huh. uh, arc. But here they're actually fully fledged, like fully fleshed out characters. And it's like, oh, okay, like, you know. This is happening. My biggest complaint about the Bad Batch, uh, and this is only because I'm such a Star Wars nerd that I've read all of the canon, as previously mentioned, 
uh, is that it blatantly con contradicts the uh, Kanan comic book uh, that came out. So at the beginning of the Bad Batch, uh, the the Batch are on the same planet that Kanan was on when Order 66 uh, happened, but the specifics of like how Order 66 happened are completely different than how they were in his comic book. Which, normally, I don't care that much about retcons, especially uh, when it comes to retcons of things that, that, like, in my opinion, don't matter. The problem here is that I really, really like the Kanan comic book. And uh, they did the comic book did a really good job at, like, fleshing out Kanan's relationship with the clones uh, that, you know, he was with or whatever. Like mm -hmm. they had a they had this really wonderful conversation like by a fire at night, uh, between Kanan and his master and these other clones. Then Order sixty six happened, and then Kanan and his master were trying to fight off the clones together, and it wasn't going well. And then she pushed him away with the force, and she was like, "Run, Kanan, go!" And then he was like, "Oh my god!" And then she got shot down, and then he was like, "Oh my god!" And he ran off. And then in the Bad Batch, it's similar to that. Like, it's not completely different, but uh, he is, uh, Kanan is with the, is running off with the Bad Batch to go and fight this war. And then Order 66 happens. He sees his master get killed from afar. Uh, and then he runs away, which I know that it seems like it's not that big of a deal, but I like they really did such a fucking good job in the comic book at like, making the build because you knew what was going to happen as you're reading the comic book you knew that this is building up to order 66 and it, it has this like there's this real like sense of weight and tragedy to it like it's just like oh no like you know these clones and and kanan are like super close they're they're like best friends and it just it really makes you understand the impact of order 66 on the galaxy and on Kanan as a character, it really fleshes out his motivations for uh, him not trusting clones later on, because he doesn't trust clones at all uh, once you get to Star Wars Rebels. Except in this version of events, all of that emotional baggage, I guess, is just completely gone because, no because none of it happened anymore. Um, and also... He Kanan uh, Kanan was saved by Hunter, one of the Bad Batch members, which, in my opinion, kind of like undercuts his uh, distrust of the, of clones. Because it's like, why would he be so distrusting of clones when one of the clones wasn't evil and actually helped him escape? And it just it just bothers me. Like I I mean, yeah, I, that seems like a pretty glaring oversight. Yeah, and it's so frustrating because there's really no reason for them to, like, contradict it like this. And I have a feeling that Kanan's probably never going to show up in the Bad Batch again. And honestly, I hope he doesn't show up in the show again. So it just feels like it was just fan service. Like, it's like, oh, okay, we're doing this Bad Batch show. We're just going to have Kanan show up because, yeah, Kanan's around during this time. And they went to the trouble of getting some of the details right. Like, the name that he... The caller is the planet that he's on, and they say that in the show and in the comic. There's uh, one of the clones that is, like, the lieutenants of uh, his master. His name is... Um, oh, crap. I can't think of it right now. 
uh, Wild, something like that. I don't remember. One of the clones has the same name uh, that he had in the comic book. So it's like, okay, so clearly these guys knew about the comic book, read the comic book, and were making these tiny little references to it, but they also completely got the sequence of events incorrect, and they, like, took away from a lot of the emotional impact of the entire point of the comic book, and it, it just bothers me. It doesn't, like, completely ruin the show for me. It's not, a like, this huge deal that it's go that's going to bother me forever, but it does bother me. And it's frustrating that it would have been so preventable, but they just decided to just do whatever the hell they wanted anyway and just retcon shit that they shouldn't, have, that they didn't even have to retcon. Like, why are you doing this? <sighs> anyway, uh, so moving past that whole bundle of frustration, the rest of the show is pretty solid. Uh, I, I really liked the, uh, like, growing tension between, uh, Hunter and uh, Crosshair, that's his name, uh, which eventually, I don't know if you, I don't know if you've watched the show, and I don't know if you care about spoilers, do you care? I don't, and I don't. Great. Uh, they did a really, so, Crosshair is evil now, because, oh. uh, I know, I know, uh, the chip that, the the chip that he had in his head that was supposed to activate when Order 66 happened was only partially working. For the rest of the Bad Batch, it wasn't working at all. And so the bad guys just, like, like are like, oh, at least it's partially working. And so they, like, increase the volume of the signal or whatever. Uh, so now he's, like, fully evil and he's trying to take down the rest of the Batch. Uh, the Batch run off. Uh, and then, like, in the second episode, they meet up with um, Cut from like a really early episode of the clone wars i don't know if you remember him but he nope. was the uh he was the clone who deserted and like went and started his own family oh uh, yep, yep, yep 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 yeah so the bad batch meet up with him and they um they help to get him off planet and they get like and they do some other shit like so far i think the show is off to a pretty decent start i would actually say that this is probably the best beginning of any of the Star Wars animated shows, because I've seen them all. This is, what, the fourth animated show that they've made, and this is probably the, the best starting point. Uh, I, and I am very interested in what happens next, but, like, I, I'm not, like, 100% sold on, sold on the show yet. I want to know, like, what, what they're building to. I want to know, there's this new character called Omega, who's, like, a female clone, um that, that may or may not be force sensitive there's a lot of similarities to the mandalorian in this show at least like so if if a lady clone and a dude clone bang it out and they have a kid would that feel like that kid be a clone or a natural born kid because uh, i think they would have the same oh. dna would that kid come out being a copy again I don't. What's the genetics know. on that? So, uh, oh, with in regards to Omega, like I don't know what exactly she is yet in terms of genetics. Like she, like we know that she is like made in the cloning facility, and she has like a similar facial structure to the rest of the clones. So we can reasonably assume that she's related to 
um, Django Fett. But the the thing is that, well, first of all, she's a female, so that's like obviously she's not a clone because she because it's a girl, right? Uh, and also she has blonde hair, so the I the the best theory well, that I've heard that was just so a far, test tube that got dirty and they made like a whole new thing. Yeah, so it's like the I feel like she's like some sort of weird hybrid of Django Fett's DNA and someone else's. My my theory that I've heard online that like I I won't take credit for it. I didn't come up with this is that she might be like part Django, part Palpatine because like her hair sure, is similar not? to Palpatine's and she appears to be force sensitive at least a, a couple of times. We don't know that for certain yet, but she like knows things almost instinctively that she probably shouldn't know. Uh, so it, it's that's definitely heavily implied. Uh, so well, I have I'm to say, if you could just grow force sensitive people, that seems like a really good thing to do. It does absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel like like her whole story is probably going to be like the main plot of the show. Like they haven't said that outright because right now they're just trying to run away and survive you know but i have a feeling that uh palpatine is going to want to track her down because she definitely feels very significant but we just don't know how yet uh so i feel like like the bad batch are gonna like be on the run specifically because they have omega with them and the empire wants her back that's my that's my gut feeling but we're only two episodes in so far, so, like, there's a lot of different directions that this show can go. And really, at this point, it could do almost anything. Like, I have no idea what's going to happen next in this show. Like, no fucking clue. Uh, like, everything that was in the trailers, like, or almost everything that was in the trailers happened in the first episode. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I, I don't know what the fuck the plot of this is going to be, but I'm interested. Uh, overall, I would probably give it like, uh, like just these two episodes. Like, I, I would, I would probably go as far as like a seven point five out of ten. It's, it's, it's off to a very solid start. Uh, but I'm, I'm willing to lower that ranking going forward, depending on how certain plot things progress. And also, fuck your retcons, guys. Like, this is not hard. Like, I, I could write. Well, okay, it'd be it'd be a little tricky, but I could probably write something that matched up better with uh, the fucking Kanan comic and still gave them a fun little action scene in the beginning of the episode to reintroduce the Bad Batch. Like, the, the idea that they had to retcon the show in order to have Kanan be in the show is just completely not true. It could have been done, they just didn't do it, and it frustrates me. Uh, but anyway... That's my. That's it. In my humble opinion, the Bad Batch is pretty good, but fuck your retcons, uh, and that's just a big frustration. That's and fair. That's it. Uh, fair, so fair, what fair. do you got, Steve? You have a humble opinion today? Uh, well, Adam, I in this last weekend here have uh, slammed my way through Resident Evil Village. Oh yeah 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 okay. Uh, or Resident Evil Eight, depending on how you want to look at. It. I'm going to call it Eight because it is, but is also Village. With their clever Roman numerals in the word thing. So, um, I'm sure you've probably seen trailers and stuff for this one. It's got like, you know, werewolves and that really, that really, really tall lady in it. Yeah, I know about the tall lady that everybody Yeah, wants you bet to you fuck. do know about that's... the tall lady. Yeah, that's right. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Everyone, she wants you, people want her to step on her. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, have you ever played Resident Evil 4, Adam? 
Well, I, this is I played this like is that. 10 minutes of the first Resident Evil and that was it. So Okay, well this is that. This is oh. Resident Evil 4 again. Okay. I mean, uh, it's updated. You know, it's no. not it's not tank controls anymore, but it's same same inventory system, same kinds of guns, same fucking the merchant is back. You know, you shoot a guy and they drop pesetas. It's not pesetas anymore, but it's pesetas. You got to sell the treasure you pick up off of the dead guys that appears on the ground to the merchant guy to get the money to buy the guns. You can upgrade the guns, and if you buy all the guns and upgrade all the guns, then you get to, you know, get the cool things. Uh, I was... I, I thought it was so similar to 4. I actually used the same mentality I used in 4, because in the fourth game, once you... Uh, there's like progressively better versions of all the guns, right? And they all have like higher maximum stats, but you only unlock the best best version of the gun if you fully upgrade the first version of the gun. So like the shitty one, basically they want you to take the shitty gun through the whole game to get the good one at the end. Um, so I actually did that. I, I didn't use any of the upgraded ones because I was like, oh, there's no way that this isn't exactly the same as it was in Resident Evil 4. It's not. So I'll save everybody some time. Don't bother upgrading your shitty versions of your bad guns. Just... Just take the better ones when they come. I'll save you the time I didn't have, but... I spent a lot of money upgrading my gun with tape on it, because it was the first gun you get. But, I digress. Um, it's kind of like 7 again. It, you never played 7, but trust me, it is. It's like 7, but with, like, the skeleton of 4. So a lot of mechanically, hmm. it's a lot like 4, but structurally, it's more like 7. There's... A couple of there's like a, there's another family, you know, a, another monster family, and each individual we'll call it house is run by a different member of that family. So all of their different uh, settings and you know the flavor of their particular fights and stuff is always related to whatever their theme is. Uh, the regular zombies are much better in this game. They are not weird puddles of black goo. Uh, they are like regular. Mm. Well, actually, they're a lot more like the zombies from 4, actually. They're just regular people, but kind of, like, monster-fied. Um, but they are way better than they were in 7, so that's a much bigger improvement. And they're slightly visually different, depending on which guy's biome you're in. Like, if you go to the, the vampire lady's castle, they have, like, these hoods and longswords. You know, like, fucking old-timey executioner guys, I guess is what they were going for. They look like Bodax from Dungeons & Dragons. But that's what... That's what they are. Pretty cool. There are werewolves, kind of. They're called lichens. Uh, they are werewolfy in appearance more than anything. They're just slightly faster, dodgier versions of regular zombies. But they do do that same classic thing where you have to survive in a confined area running away from those guys with limited resources for a certain amount of time. And the big guy with the hammer shows up like he did in 5. So it's... That, that shit, again, I lost a lot in that one because I was... In in 4, they give you, like, a whole city block to run around, and you can, like, bob and weave inside buildings or climb up buildings and jump across roofs and shit. In this one, they kind of gave you, like, two buildings and, like, one street to run around, and as soon as you run to one side of the street, you fucked yourself because now you're in a dead end, and now there's a million guys behind you, and you can't bob and weave through them because they can, like, grab move you real easy like and you die in like two hits on hard mode so i died a lot there it was really hard and i kind of just lucked into winning that one by running away and just clipping through enough people where they didn't grab me till i got to the end 
So, that one wasn't skill. I'll admit that one. I didn't win that level. I lucked out on that one. But after that, when you get real guns, it gets easier. You know, start popping grapefruits and stuff. It's pretty cool. They tried to give the Duke more of a story reason. That's the name of the merchant. Um, oh, you know, in the other game, in 4, it was like, what are you buying? And he was just kind of like this weird, mysterious guy who just showed up and sold you shit. Kind of like, basically just a pause menu with a face. You know, he just was there. Slim and Slim Cognito. That's that's what I'm imagining. Okay, yeah, sure. It was, it was Slim Cognito. Why not? <laughs> but in this one, he's kind of like a character, except not really, because the game kind of wants to have its cake and eat it, too. Also, he's a fat guy, because cake, haha. But, um... You, he, he's kind of important. He kind of gives you a little bit of guidance when you're trying to get story shit done. And also in the end there, uh, Ethan, that's the main character, is like, hey, who and what are you? And he's like, oh, even I don't know that. And it's like, that is not an answer game. You can't just have this guy be here and be omniscient and just fucking teleport around to be in every location we're at, even though he's like 6,000 pounds, but also just not tell me what he is, but draw attention to the fact that he's not a person. You can't just do that shit. Also, Resident Evil has gone way beyond just, like, a guy making a virus that turned people into zombies. It's just straight-up magic now. Like... Yeah, I don't even know... I have no fucking clue what the plot of Resident Evil is anymore. Like, I know that the first couple of games was about, like, a zombie outbreak, but now I, I'm, I don't well, understand okay, it the, anymore. Well, okay, Resident Evil's story is pretty complicated, but the, the black and white of it is that there was a guy named Oswald Spencer who wanted to create a superior person via like like a better humanity evolution wise and he wanted to use a virus to do that to try to chain augment people uh and it you know backfired and got out and that's what created zombie apocalypses and shit and uh yeah uh i mean there's like they basically just started adding extra facilities later like oh there was also a second research facility doing a slightly different virus and you know, basically every game is like, oh, there was a secret underground umbrella lab here because they were simultaneously doing a lot of shit. Uh, yeah, in the fifth so game, in, so in the fifth game, we learned that there's is a... like this giant mega corporation that has like facilities literally everywhere yes. or anywhere that they want it to be. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, actually, we get some interesting lore about this one. But in the well, in the fifth game, we learned that the guy got originally got the basis for his virus from Africa. There was, like, a, a plant there growing there that created, like, a spore, and that's what he used for the foundation of the virus. And in this game, there was a lady called Miranda who was uh, exposed to a fungus or, like, a like a mold, you know? Um, it was briefly mentioned in Seven. One of the bad guys' power was that, like, the main villain. was She was, like, mutated by a spore rather than a zombie virus, but it was the same kind of thing. In this one... Uh, she and uh, Oswald Spencer actually knew each other, apparently. And he got some of his inspiration for his umbra uh, virus from her. Uh, because she was actually exposed to this thing. And it basically made her immortal. Like, she could change her cells at, a, like, a you know a cellular level. And basically was immortal at that point. And he was like, oh, man, that's dope. I'm going to definitely try to replicate that via virus. And that's where the Umbrella Corporation came from. It was what he started to try to get that research going which is an interesting little bit of lore if you're interested in the backstory of umbrella which is also weird because yeah. he named it after um it was like he saw a symbol of an umbrella somewhere in this town it was like a cave painting of it or something it was really weird like the umbrella logo seems to exist before the umbrella company does and i'm gonna be honest i wasn't super clear on that one i think that was just like a hey guess what cool more future things reasons to have more umbrella related products without making because, you know, Umbrella is defunct now. Like, the actual company is gone. 
and like Chris Redfield has basically made a team to like wipe out like they basically succeeded in wiping out Umbrella but now there's and you never played for so you wouldn't know this there's a company who is trying to steal Umbrella secrets to create their own versions of all that shit and that's who the bad guy is in the background of this game that's not the bad guy that's who Chris is fighting but not you but Chris is there too fucking Chris fuck boulders Redfield which is hilarious because one of the bosses actually does refer to him as that boulder punching bastard which is awesome that they actually mentioned that because that was one of the dumbest things in five and it's so cool that that stuck around but uh so it's basically Ethan goes to shitty Transylvania town to rescue his daughter because Chris Redfield shows up and spoiler alert shoots his wife in the face and steals their baby and wow uh, Holy yeah. shit. What the fuck? Yeah, I know, right? Uh, spoiler alert again. Don't worry. Chris is not the bad guy because there's no fucking way that they're going. Resident Evil will make Chris Redfield the villain in anything. You're just I mean, supposed to think. Could, they, I mean, they could do the whole uh, whatever it is, uh, Fast and Furious thing where he's only the bad guy for like one movie or game, except at the end you find out that he was being mind controlled or some stupid bullshit. So. Uh, well, it's not as dumb as that, but it's... I mean, he wasn't the bad guy for a reason. It's it's for dumb, super science fiction reasons, but trust me, uh, he's not the bad guy. Uh, then Ethan's trying to save his baby, and the mother Miranda has four children. One of them is the vampire lady that everybody's very excited about. She is not the main villain. She is just a lieutenant of the thing, but she's the first one you fight, so that's why she was in all the trailers. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so her area is like her medieval castle thingy, or like, you know, castle fortress whatever with like all the fancy shit around you know from the trailers um it's something i wish that modern resident evils would do more is like keep it confined to the one place because i all these little vignettes like seven had all those different houses which you know makes all the different guys have their own little territory but it's kind of like all the houses seem smaller and less cool that way like, it makes more sense. Like, nobody has a Spencer Mansion-style house. Like, that guy had, like, a million rooms in his home. But, like, that's what made it cool. Like, you get really intimately familiar with the layout of the... I could probably just pick up the game Resident Evil 1 right now and map out the entirety of the Spencer Mansion because you just get so fucking familiar with that map having to run around it all the time. But you can't do that with this game because it's like... There's a couple rooms here, but, like, I don't spend... You only spend a limited amount of time here. Once you're done, you're done. You never go back. Like, like they pull the drawbridge up and you're done. You can never ever go back there again. So, oh, it's, yeah, that's yeah. So cool. like the little the areas that you go to are only used until the boss fight happens there, and then you're done. Which is a little unfortunate because you know you could in old games you could like walk back to that area and see them again. Like I mean, there's no reason to, but you totally could. I mean, like mm-hmm. in like four when it got a little, or like three and four when it got a little linear. You know, like you were working your way towards something. It was a little different, but that was just the kind of game it was going to be. But, like, in Resident Evil 1, I can go down to the secret underground fortress thingy, like the Umbrella Lab, and I can just walk right back up to the very first room of the game. And sometimes you have to do that, because sometimes you have to go back up to the mansion to get something or whatever. Like, all that shit's just connected like a big spider web. But this is more like four little rooms and then a courtyard that connects them all, which is the, the village, by the way. The village is like your hub world. It's how you kind of traverse between the different places. But... There's stuff to do in the village, kind of. There's stuff to find, like, you know, extra weapons or treasure or whatever. There's there's stuff to get there, but ultimately it doesn't super matter because it's all optional. Like, you don't need any of that shit. 
And, you know, sometimes you feel really cool when you go to a place and there's, like, a note on the door that says, Hey, it's me, the gardener. I'm holding the key to this guy's house while he's on vacation or whatever. And then you go to a different place and you find a gardener's shack and you go through his shit and you find a key there. And it's like, oh, I made a puzzle all oh, on my own. I figured it out and I feel fun. super cool. Yeah. You still get that kind of stuff, but then you go in there and it's like, wow, it's like a gun upgrade, which is cool, but it's not necessary. You know, you don't need it. I mean, it feels yeah. good to have, but it's one of those things where it's like, I could have beat the game without this. I didn't need to do any of this. I could have... And there's actually an achievement for beating the game in three hours, which means it is possible to do the game in less than three hours. I mean, it sounds to me like the game... They just designed the games to be easier and not have as much busy work uh, because only crazy people like you like all the busy work and going over the same area over and over and over and well, solving see, that's, all of the complex well, I, See, I don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. Um, it's busy work if you're going to a place to get unimportant things. But if I'm doing a puzzle and there's running back and forth to do the puzzles, it's, it's like, it's a little frustrating, yeah, but like, the whole time you're thinking, I figured out this puzzle. So there's a little bit of a motivation to go there and do the thing. You know, I, I totally get why you say that. I get it. But, I don't know, I, I, for this kind of thing, I like it. This, it's you, know, you miss out on a lot of that in the actual, like, you know, the, the boss areas, like the puzzle rooms. Because the world's not as big. So it's basically just going to a place and grabbing a key and then walking around and trying every door until it fits. I mean, not literally oh, that, but that's basically yeah. what it is. Like, it you know, Resident Evil 1, I have much. to, like grab the wooden shield emblem off above the fireplace and i don't use that shit until i've played the piano in a different room to unlock the secret sliding wall which opens up a different room with a not wooden shield and i have to take out the metal shield in that room and put the wood one in there and then take the metal one put that in a different door somewhere and it's like that kind of shit doesn't really happen anymore because now it's basically just once you found the thing then you just find the door and then you put them together i mean th me personally i prefer the new way because the other thing sounds way too annoying and complicated well just that's just a paradigm shift they used to be puzzle games and now they're more of a combat thing which is fine yeah you know it's it's fine that's resident evil is nothing if not the world's most amazingly reinventive franchise like that's that is i even i know that like i feel like like the whole franchise just does whatever the fuck it wants yeah they're and they're so cool they're like, hey, we used to be like a horror game with fixed camera angles and shit, and they just make four, and it's like, yeah, but what if you could suplex a zombie? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm down, whatever, let's fucking do it, GameCube, all right, here we go. Like, you know, the difference between three and four is staggering. And then five was just four, but worse, and then six was just everything but worse, and then seven was like, okay, but what if you weren't in first person? What if not tank controls, but also you weren't in third person anymore? What if it was first person now? And they just did that. Also, poor Ethan is a pair of hands because he is a, you know, fucking uh, a first-person character, so you're just a, a set of hands with holding guns or a knife or whatever. They do so much terrible shit to his hands in this game. Oh, like, no. <laughs> I mean, it's the only thing about him you can see, which is really weird. I'm going to get to that in a second, but the only thing about him you can see is his hands because, you know, you're looking through his eyes. So if they want to do something terrible to you, they kind of have to show it happening to his hands. So, the very first, I don't know if you actually remember from 7, if this is like in one of the trailers or in the demo, your hand gets cut off by a chainsaw. Uh-huh. Uh yeah. And they, stitch it, and they stitch it back on there, so you got like, you know, 
this like big gross scar tissue line with like some big wire stitches to keep your hand on there and like your hand still moves somehow which is bullshit but it happens you know whatever um that kind of shit is like quadrupled in this game very first thing you do in the game get attacked by a zombie right it bites two of your fingers off so now you just got a wrapped up hand with three fingers on one hand because they bit some of it off which it doesn't seem to slow him down at all by the way he's a real trooper uh, after that, the vampire lady hangs you from meat hooks by the palms of your hands. And how does Ethan get out of those, do you think? Does he rip it off or something? Oh, does he sure does. He pulls straight it? down so it pulls up right through his fingers. <sighs> yep. So now he's got big holes in his hands. <laughs> Pretty viscous. And then, later, you're opening a lever and the lady with the big knife fingers, the tall woman, cuts your arm clean off. Just swoosh, Wolverine style. And now you're just walking around with a stump. And it's like, man... That's just terrible, and it's all focused on his digits. It's nuts. I hate. I uh, by hate the way, he hand violence, he sticks man. his I arm back on. Shit. By the way. Oh, he just he just shoves it back on, and it's good to go. He can just yep. use it and has full dexterity. Well, spoiler alert again. Uh, our hero is actually not human, so oh, he can't actually do that. Okay. Yes. That's the game's I mean, explanation guess... for why you can be so hurt in this game and in the previous game and just never have died. I mean, I guess that makes sense. At least there's an explanation, you know? Yeah. Know, it's not a very satisfying one, to be honest, but it's Resident Evil, and I'd be disappointed if the story did make sense. Um, <laughs> additionally, okay. uh, your daughter is possessing your same magical powers of not being a person. So the little baby you're trying to save is magic. That's why the bad guy wants her, because magic... Because Resident Evil's magic now. Um, Ethan dies by self-sacrifice explosion. And he gives his baby to Chris so that, uh, you know, he will keep her alive. And he promises, or he makes Chris promise to raise her to be strong. So I think Chris is like her surrogate dad now. And then he blows himself up and the bad guy. Now, Ethan's body is hardly ever shown. But you do occasionally see him. But... The game goes to extraordinary lengths to never show you his face. Why? Like, so I, I don't know. Like, occasionally it'll pull, the camera will pull out and we'll see a third-person perspective of Ethan. Like, you don't, you know, you're not looking through his, his eyes anymore. It's, it zooms out to see him. Right. But you still don't see his face. Like, if he's facing forward, his head is down. And if it's from behind him, you're just looking at the back of his head. You never see Ethan's face. And I don't know why that is. Also, in the in-game character model, in the concept art section you can look at, he also doesn't have a face. They just black it out. I don't know why. Yeah, that's... that's like, like I'm not sure what the mystery there is. Shit. Well, like he definitely... How... <laughs> he definitely has a face. They just, just don't show it. They just don't show it. That's so weird. I don't know why. I, I don't know of, what the creative I, decision I, is I for like, that. I hate that. I like to know what my characters look like. That's just, like, how I like to relate well, to Well, like, characters. sometimes it doesn't matter because you're only looking through their eyes the whole time, so not seeing them doesn't matter, but you totally see him. Like, you just don't see his face. And we know what his face looks like because in 7, when the one time you're playing as somebody other than him, you actually see the back of his head. And if you unlock the camera and wind it around, you can actually see his face there. It just looks like a guy. Oh. So they gave him a face, but they took it away in this game. So you can't see it. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what the purpose of not having a face. Maybe not to like, characterize him, like make him projectable. But like all that does is make me think he's a mannequin monster. 
Like I don't know why <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't get a face. But anyway, at the I... end of the game here, uh, we see a little girl walk over to a grave and she puts some flowers on it. And it's been 16 years since uh, the the oh. Ethan exploded. And apparently, this girl works for Chris now, and she lifts the guy up by his neck when he calls her a name. So she obviously has superpowers, and she is working with Chris to, I assume, fight stuff, fight bioweapons or whatever, and she has superpowers. And at the end, the credit says, the father's story has ended. So presumably, she will be our protagonist in the next game, a la uh, Last of Us 2. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's definitely sounds like that's what they're doing. I got, Maybe I should try to play one of these games, but God, it just sounds so complicated and hard. I if really I had to pick games. one, well, see, that's the thing, though, is it's only a little horror-y. Um, it's mm. more action-y than it is horror-y, except for there is one of the bosses that is a puppet lady, and that one is actually genuinely spooky. Not the puppets, but there's a special surprise, and I won't spoil it for you in case you actually do want to play this. But there is something in there, and I was like, oh, no, 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 no. It's the only time in that game I was like, yep, that is genuinely upsetting. No, thank you. Yeah. Not, okay. not not a good place. Great. I'll try. I'll remember the puppet lady if I ever get around to playing this thing. Yeah, uh, she is not that scary, right. but like her her oh. area is probably the spookiest. You also don't get any guns in that fight. She takes your guns away before you uh, get to play around in her area, so you are defenseless the whole time. Fair enough. Which well, is do you cool. have anything more to add? Yes, if I had to, this one is definitely better than seven. Uh, it's pretty similar oh, yeah. to 7 in okay. a lot of ways, but it's an improvement enough, and it's got a lot of Resident Evil 4 in it, which is everybody's favorite Resident Evil and one of the best, so definitely an improvement there. This is better than 7. I don't... I mean... Upper upper levels of Resident Evil? Not my favorite or anything, but definitely worth it. I mean... And it's got okay. replay, because once you... Because it's got New Game Plus, all the modern Resident Evils do, so you get to keep all your shit when you go back in the next time, and it once you beat it, you get, like, the next difficulty settings and stuff. And it's got the Mercenaries mode, which is, like, survival, but with limitations. It's it's pretty cool. I'd, I'd say it was worth it. I'd Solid grade. Worth getting. All right. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, uh, those were the complaints this week. If you can't complain, share it with your friends. Bye!